Hi, this is Mario Andretti, and you're tuned into Cam, Graydon, and the team at Stickers and Scuffs podcast. They're true Canadian racing fans. This episode of the Stickers and Scuffs podcast has been brought to you by Remax Jack. Jack provides a friendly, customer-driven service in search for homes and provides excellent details on the market, values, and trends in buying and selling. Jack has been able to work with Cam on his search and always makes himself available when he has a question. Remax Jack will help you if you're looking to buy or sell a home within the GTA. He's who Cam K trusts to find his next home, and he should be yours too. Remember, call Remax Jack and start to pack. For more information, go to Remax Jack. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Stickers and Scuffs podcast. Cam Gay, great and bun here with you once again. Joining us is a rising star in the Canadian racing scene, Chase Pinsano. And Chase, uh, it's an honor to have you on the show. Uh, it's cool to see you already having success in the racing scene. So thank you so much uh, for coming on uh, the show. Uh, yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, we're going to start off, man, with uh, the, the 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 probably the first thing that I would imagine is might be a little um, frustrating for yourself, and I caught myself doing it uh, as well when prepping. Uh, the correct uh, spelling of Pinsano. Uh it's it's one n at the beginning and two yeah. n following, and I kept doing the pin p i n n. And then it was it was a mess from there. So how many times do you get your name butchered at the racetrack? Uh, yeah, butchered is one thing, especially in school. I mean, lots of teachers struggle to pronounce that name. Uh, the last name is definitely easy to butcher. Uh, we pronounce it the English way, so Pinsano. Uh, there's like Pinsano is the French way, so there's a couple different uh, pronunciations there. Took me a little bit longer than most kids to learn my last name. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we yeah. we kind of have it. We kind of have it easy. Harrison Bunn. That's not too. That's not too difficult. Uh, that's, yeah, that's yeah, definitely, definitely yeah. helpful, man. <laughs> but I mean, it makes it unique. And uh, as soon as we started hearing Pinsano, and I heard a couple people butcher it, so that's why I wasn't sure whether or not uh, how to pronounce it really at first. But Chase, uh, let's start with the obvious here. Uh, you're a racer, and you're quite young. So 
let's start with how it got started, man. How would you get your uh, your start in racing? Because in Canada, we don't we don't really think of people getting started in racing. Uh, yeah, for sure. So, um, first of all, my grandparents, uh, super big into racing or my grandpa specifically. Um, so passed on grandpa to my dad and on my sixth birthday, I was gifted a micro sprint. So um, just a short track go-kart of sorts with a roll cake. Um, so we ran those for, I believe I ran for seven years in Grand Bend. Um, got one championship on my last year, uh, I believe two rookies of the year. Um, yeah, so I started through that. Um, then a couple of years, COVID hit, we sold the micro sprints just before COVID hit and, um, never really did anything with it. We were initially thinking of going to the States, but a little bit worried just with COVID of border shutting down and, um, stuff like that. Um, so after a couple of years of waiting, um, worked on a couple of different teams, uh, worked with McCall Racing Enterprises, just kind of getting a little bit of knowledge under my belt and then started in 2022 racing. That is pretty awesome story. Pretty good story. I mean, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, talk about wanting it. You're, you're going to work for McCall. I mean, of there's, there's only a, there's a short list of, of, of chassis manufacturers in Ontario that you want to work for. And to have uh, a name like McCall on your resume is pretty good. And that also helped your way at, learning your way around a race car, I would assume, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Those guys have been the utmost politest people I've ever met. I mean, from the second I started walking in there, uh, me and my dad went every Saturday for, I think it was two years um, over the winter, so over the school period. Um, yeah, so for sure, um, working with all those guys taught me everything I've needed to know um, until this point. Uh, mm -hmm. Also, the 21 Global Warranty Team, the Matt Pritigo uh, APC Late Model Team, uh, my dad spotted for them for a bit. So getting some experience working with uh, him, it was great. Uh, another great group of guys. And uh, yeah, definitely a super, super important thing um, in getting me started in racing. Nice. Talk about your office. I mean, you, uh, you've worked with race cars. What's it uh, like to jump in one of those? Uh, what's it like to go to work in the 22 car? Uh, it's definitely a lot of fun. Uh, very unique experience. It's um, obviously my first year. So coming from micro sprints, getting into something like this, just testing initially. Um, definitely a very unique experience. Not really what I was expecting, but after I got in, it's twice what I was expecting and more. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, the quality of field and super stocks are really good. You got some really big names, really good drivers. Uh, it's definitely helped me learn a lot, um, and they're a blast to drive. I mean, just how much they weigh and how little traction the cars actually get. It's just you're wheeling it the whole time, and I think that's what I love the most about it. Yeah, we've heard that about super stocks, that they're a blast to drive, and, and you've made your home. It was Flamborough that was technically your home track, but you did make a couple starts out at Delaware Speedway as well, and um, I, I mean, we know the Superstock program really wasn't the strongest out at, at Flamborough Speedway. It wasn't the most, but you had a lot of great people that you could race against. And one of those names was on this podcast a couple months ago, Lane Zardo. And he mentioned your name as a future star in this, in racing in Ontario. What does that feel like to have somebody of that caliber who isn't isn't even at the highest level himself yet, but he's already touting you as a success. 
Well, well, first and foremost, uh, if he's watching this, it's an honor to be called that. I mean, what a guy to learn from. Uh, following him at Flamborough for the first couple of weeks, he was just pulling me, car likes and car likes. And then finally, towards the end of the year, I'm able to catch up to him and get the job done one of these days. So, uh, I mean, yeah, being able to race with him, um, being called a rising star by a guy like that is obviously really important to me. Like, really made a big impact on my program, was really happy to hear that he could say something so nice uh, about me. Um, and yeah, he's been nothing but the most polite, especially in the pits and on the racetrack, a very respectable guy. So yeah, great guy to learn from. Um, really happy that I got the opportunity to race with him. In terms of, oh, sorry, Kim. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, because you did get that opportunity to race with him at Flamborough Speedway, does it make it a little bit better knowing that you have beaten him? Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That's always job one is to beat the competition. Uh, so yeah, as, as Cam said, Flamborough is kind of your home, but it's, it's a bit of a leap going from Flamborough to Delaware. What's that like from a technical standpoint, like turning the car around to go from Flamborough to, to Delaware. And then also from the driver perspective, what do you do different? Yeah, so I mean, it's adapt every week, right? Uh, even weather conditions, simple stuff like temperature changes it. But uh, the biggest thing is adaptability. Like, um, so for us, we prepare the car most of the week, and then Friday uh, is in line before Flamborough. So we would go to the track and race at Delaware. Uh, after the race at Delaware was finished, we would bring the car back to McCall's. So we would sleep the night, wake up pretty early mornings, normally seven or eight o'clock, um, wrench on the car. Uh, not a ton of setup changes. The Super Sucker are pretty linear when it comes to setup changes. Okay. Not a whole ton you can do. Um, right. But biggest thing, I guess, setup change wise is gear. Um, big gears to change in and out of those cars. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so we go race at Delaware, uh, change the gear, uh, turn around, go to Mike's, uh, change some of the things at the shop there, and we'd get rolling down the road, head to Flamborough Speedway and run the double feature there. From a driver perspective, I think that's got to help you in terms of preparing for, for a touring series too, right? Uh, yeah, 100%. I mean, being able to turn around and run two different tracks, I mean – they're very, very different. Flamborough, you dive into the corner and dive off, and Delaware is a little bit more uh, precise. You definitely got to be a lot more careful with the speed you carry, especially through three and four. Um, so, yeah, definitely is going to help me going into the future. Um, kind of when we were starting to schedule, that was part of the reason we decided to do it. Just looking into the future um, was going to be a good thing for me to have, a good way to learn, and a good way to log laps. So, yeah. Great idea. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of the things that we we kind of know that in in at least Ontario you've got to start getting uh, a lot of experience at some of these tracks and getting you only get ten in, weeks or so to do yeah <laughs> you really don't have a lot of time so uh, when does your uh, I guess you could say when are you prepping yourself to get back in the car obviously off season you're still working you're, you're doing whatever you can but physically getting yourself ready to get back in the car is that all off season long for you or do you get to get a little bit of a, a break yeah so starting now or starting just recently i've been starting to get a little bit more exercise uh working certain workout specific areas of my body to try to get more prepped uh, especially this year there'll be 
weekends at Delaware Speedway running both car classes, the super stock and the late models. So being able to jump out, especially long races, the long special weekends, um, I'm going to need to have tons and tons of stamina, uh, lots of strength in certain parts of my body to be able to stay, I mean, in the moment, right? Um, mm -hmm. Being being able to do it's one thing, being able to do it and stay on pace is another. So um, I'm starting a condition more recently now. Um, the biggest condition is going to come in with testing. I mean, doing it is obviously the best way to specialize in those muscle groups. So yeah, exercises for sure started. Um, but yeah, the biggest thing is keeping everybody in check. Less me, but it's a lot. It's a big program to run. So being able to keep everything in check um, is probably most important there. Yeah, and there's obviously going to be a lot of people involved in that process. And who who spearheads your team? Who's the guy that uh, guy or gal that's in charge? Uh yeah. So that is a little bit complicated. Um, but so my dad is definitely the spearhead of the team. Uh, then we got a lot of other crew members, uh, most of which family, friends, um, appreciate them all. If any of them are watching, definitely a big shout out to them. Could not do it without them. Um, my grandpa's a big part of it. Pep talk guy. He's could not race without him. Of course. Um, just super happy to have the experience with him, but spearhead of the team. I definitely say my dad, um, me and him do most of the work and, or he kind of leads everybody. And also, um, from a spotter's point of view, we have Jeff in the spotter stand. Um, super, super great guy. Um, guides me through the pack very, very well. And part of the reason we didn't get very many incidents this year. So I'm happy to have those guys, but yeah, I'd say my dad probably experienced the team. That's, that's very important to have a guy like Jeff in your ear and somebody who is so experienced dealing with so many amazing racers and the mm -hmm. fact that he's going to be spotting for you on top of that, it's got to feel, I mean, you've got to have some sort of comfort knowing that this guy really, I mean, it is, and I assume it's not always the easiest behind the wheel. Um, sometimes you can get probably pretty stressed out trying to make your way through traffic, especially it's at a place like Delaware Speedway where traffic is a lot more likely than say Flamborough. And I mean, Flamborough, you come across your slow cars much quicker, but the, the amount of them at Delaware Speedway in the super class, super class could be quite extreme. Um, having a calming presence like Jeff, um, in your ear has got to help with uh, how you're doing behind the wheel as well. Yeah, absolutely. He's a big part of my success. Definitely keeps me calm. I mean, he knows how to read the situation. So keeps me calm when he realizes I'm getting upset. And I mean, every call, it's just all accurate. Like mistakes are almost none. Um, so yeah, having a guy like that, uh, almost perfection in my ear is definitely a detriment to my success. Uh, yeah, thank him a lot. And I mean, for someone like that who does tons of touring stuff, like to do something like 24 hours of Daytona and still want to come back and spot for me, I feel like it's a pretty big honor to uh, have someone like that in my ear. Yeah, Jeff's been to the big dance quite a bit, has it? This is Jeff Gundler, so everyone knows. Uh, spotter extraordinaire for for many people, a long time with uh, Ed Hackinson Racing. Um yeah, he's he's got to be a, a a great presence to have on the team. Uh, support group that way uh, outside of uh, your dad and your grandparents. It's we all know that racing is is a family. Um, does the whole family come to the track with you? Uh, yeah, I'd say it's 
pretty close. I mean, we probably got 25 to 30 people. Uh, like Nice. In the stands on a regular night, we got tons and tons of family that'll come out just to watch. And then we also got uh, some, like my aunt, for example, uh, part of our crew. Um, so we have some that help physically on the car, and then the rest are there kind of as cheers in the crowd. So for all those family, yeah, you got to thank them, especially. I mean, they take their time into the weekend to come watch me. So, yeah, we definitely got tons of support at the racetrack family-wise. That's awesome. And that's it's exactly what you want. And especially on those days where things maybe don't go as well as you wanted, have that support at home uh, and then at the track, really. Um, uh, you know, you mentioned it was your first year last year. What didn't go right? Because there's always something that I know we, we talk with drivers all the time. And even if they have a championship season, there's something that they would they would have worked on. So for yourself, what do you feel last year um, maybe was not the uh, – you could have worked on a little bit more? Uh, well, a couple of things. Uh, first and foremost, I think before those Friday nights, um, I probably should get more sleep. Like the sleep, I felt like I wasn't getting quite enough. Um, so just to keep me on point, the sleep is definitely a big part of it. Uh, another thing, uh, especially towards the start of the year, my aggression on the wheel, which obviously I'm still building just being my first year, but my aggression at the start of the year just wasn't quite there. Wasn't really comfortable with where my nose is. Now looking towards the end of the year, I was getting there, but I think especially going into 2023, I need to go right at it, uh, be aggressive right from the first day. I mean, there's no time to wait. Um, other than that, uh, there's not a whole ton. I mean, we're pretty happy just being our rookie season, uh, accomplished all our goals. But uh, yeah, definitely the aggression is the biggest part. And then just keeping racing separate from the social aspect, because a lot of those guys are your friends off track, but you can't think of that. You got to be polite. Obviously, that's what you do. You don't want to wreck anybody, but kind of taking that aspect out of it is definitely important, too. Let's... Um... I don't think we've talked quite enough specifically about your, you, as you said, your rookie season jumping up from, it's such a leap from where you started to, to the super stocks and you seem, and we've talked about adaptation through this episode so far too. You seem to be pretty good at that. Uh, how did your 2022 rookie season go? Cause it looks like from behind you, it didn't go too terribly. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, we're very happy with how the season went. I mean, sixth place of points at Delaware, uh, third place of points at Flamborough. Uh, we felt we left a, left a little bit on the table at Flamborough. Uh, the start of the year was a little bit slow for us, but towards the end of the year, we were seeing wins more commonly. Uh, at the end of the year, we ended up picking up four wins in total within the last half of the year. Nice. Uh, we were really happy with that. Um, so yeah, we are very happy with the season. I mean, for the rookie year, for me to be able to jump in and do it was super important, but I mean, most of my successes are detriment to my environment. I mean, my environment helps me do what I do. So without mm -hmm. the environment that I'm in, without the family, without the crew, uh, without the guys that support me, I would not be able to do what I do. I mean, driving is one thing, but the people around me sacrificing that much time for a rookie driver and not really seeing successes till the end of the year i mean gotta clap for those guys but yeah definitely a successful first season and really really excited to see what i can do in 2023 that puts does that put more do you put more pressure on yourself does that put more pressure on the team that you've set the bar so high in your first year 
Yeah, I mean, the team, uh, they've done an exceptional job so far. I don't expect anything more out of those guys. They give so many nights, so many nights that they could be doing other stuff. But myself, I'm definitely putting more pressure on myself. I'm making a step into a higher division. I got to show that I'm worth it, that I'm doing enough work behind the scenes and being a good enough wheelman to actually put those cars in positions to win weekly. Like, I'm looking at a spot where now, uh, Delaware, we're really going to try to chase a championship this year. Whether we can get it or not, that's obviously the end goal. Everyone's chasing it. But instead mm -hmm. of going thinking, hey, I'm just a rookie, I'm going in this year with expectations. I really need to show that I'm supposed to be here and try to do something with it. The driver's got to believe it, too, in your own mind. If you're not out there thinking that you can't, that you can hang with these guys you're going to beat yourself in the car exactly yeah well let's go over the official plans for you for 2023 chase uh you meant you touched on it a little bit what's uh what's the schedule looking for uh for you uh in, in, in for this year yeah, so this year we're definitely, even from our aggressive season last year, we're upping it even a little bit more. So um, firstly, continuing with the Super Sock at Delaware Speedway. Felt that that was a great program and are really looking to continue there. The car count's exceptional. And on top of that, we're going to add pro-late models. Uh, we're going to run those as well, full season. Um, we're also going to do, with the Super Stock, the Touring Quick Quick Series. Uh, and then a couple smaller races as well, like a couple one-offs, not smaller, like the uh, memorials and stuff like that. Uh, mm -hmm. One will be the Gold Rush at Flamborough uh, in the Pro Late Ball. Uh, the APC 200 lap race at the end of the year. And uh, for Oktoberfest, we're going to try to do that in both cars. Cool. Woo. A full schedule for Chase Pinsano this year, and that's fantastic. Uh, we, you know, it, it there's a lot to be able to be excited for for you in in your future, and obviously, um, having a lot of names tell us that we needed to get you on the podcast um, for sure. I'm not just saying that there were there was family members asking, um, but there was uh, also some some really big names that were saying you got to get this this guy on here, and uh, we definitely want to give you an opportunity because you've got some amazing partners with your race team uh, to shout them out and and thank them um, because uh, it's so important. Without those partners, we wouldn't have racing. You wouldn't have your your ability to go on the track and race. So let's hear all about the partners that you have uh, supporting your racing career uh yeah so firstly i'd like to um just announce my two big sponsors on the super stock so fcf custom fabrications and windsor life magazine um they were the first two to jump on uh up and antsy ready to go um fred and deb that's uh fcf um owners um every race they're always attending the races so as people we thank them as well and then Obviously, all the other sponsors, like we got Apex Auto Group, um, we have uh, KMJ Industrial Contractors, Integrity Tool and Mold, uh, Lakefront Marine Industrial Tools and Supplies. Like those are our main sponsors. Uh, we also have Wilds Printing for making an amazing car. I mean, the car looks absolutely Racing enterprises for, I mean, obviously the layover between Delaware and Flamborough, making that seamless and building us such a nice car. And Connor's Cookies for like, giving us a little bit of something there to uh, give to the fans every week instead of just an autograph card. 
Uh, last couple people here, I'd like to announce a couple new sponsors that are joining our team. So we have the Rosati Group uh, and Tilbury Auto Mall. We're really excited to have a couple new partners and we're excited to see what we can do with them in 2023. I don't that's know, awesome. everything yeah, I'm hearing is positive. With us. That's, that's yeah. great, man. It's good news, man. Really, really exciting. Uh, the 22, I know you got the, the Penske font uh, that you had last year. Uh, is that a clue into uh, potentially your future or what? So actually, no. So my future is, it's a little bit different uh, than what most people see. So right now I have always been a sucker for super late models. It's kind of ever since I was a kid, I kind of grew up going to Flat Rock just across the border watching Outlaws. Um, but just recently, a couple of years ago, I've been lucky enough to attend the Snowball Derby. Um, so that's one of my big goals to be able to attend in something like that. But from a full season standpoint, I really like what they're doing in the States with the uh, Stars ASA Tour. Um, obviously, my grand uh, being uh, having roots in the ASA Tour and just seeing it's a traveling super late model series. And every track is just excellent. So um, doing something with that, that's probably uh, my hopeful goal uh, going into the future. Yeah, got to set those goals and, and, and have them achievable. And that's definitely achievable for yourself. So Chase, um, obviously, one of the things that uh, we're really excited about is to see your future and see how you do this year. We'll be at the racetracks this year. So we'll definitely make sure that we catch up there. How can people follow along with your racing uh, season? Uh, yeah. So first of all, uh, our Facebook and Instagram is uh, at CP Motorsports 22. Um, so just the letter C, the letter P, uh, Motorsports, uh, the number 22. Uh, and then our website, uh, same thing, CP Motorsports 22, just .com at the end. So that's the best way to follow along Facebook. There's always constant updates. Um, and the website is how you look. You can look in your responses. Look into a little bit of background information about me that you might not know. And yeah, that's if you're looking to follow along that or come to the racetrack. Yeah, we always want to see that for sure. And I wanted to remark on that because we do get to this portion of the show usually. And and yeah, your your social media and website game is totally on point. And and that just is not when we we're speaking to um, new and young talent that's coming up. That you guys are the face of what motorsports is going to be. And this is part of being a 21st century motorsports driver is being that whole package, marketable on social media, having the, the informative websites that uh, gets fans to learn a little bit how you are that's i did a bit of homework and i used your website because it's you can't do that for every guest that we have and that's a, that's a fact and that's just a testament to how well you guys are covering your bases and how bad you want this obviously so uh props to you guys big time yeah thank you very much uh we really try our best to keep in check um like my grandma especially she's super good with the social media stuff she's always trying to update it and yeah, it's difficult to keep up with, but we really try and we're hoping to turn this into something bigger. Well, it, it we're rooting for you, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely you got two fans right here and we'll definitely see you out on the racetrack this year. We'll definitely try and connect that with you at the racetracks as well. Um, Chase, thank you so much uh, for for coming on and, and chatting with us. And and again, we're, we're really excited to see what uh, what becomes of this year and and what becomes of the future. But uh, we want to thank Chase Pinsano 
for being on the Stickers and Scuffs podcast, episode 101. We'll catch you all next week. Thank you.